This podcast is proudly brought to you by Team Guru. Helping leaders grow, teams perform and organisations communicate. Welcome to the Forza City Podcast, Brisbane City's look at the PlayStation 4 National Premier League's Queensland. In a weekend that was ultimately disappointing for City, Simon Smale and I will take a look at the drama surrounding the final week of action and we'll take a quick look ahead to what is an incredibly busy couple of weeks of football for two of Brisbane's finalists. Welcome back, Simon. Not the result we were hoping for on Saturday night. No, unfortunately not, Dave. Thanks for having me. Uh, ultimately, it was a disappointing way to end the season for Brisbane City. I, just as fourth place is the worst place to come in the Olympics, fifth would have to be the worst place to come in the PlayStation 4 National Premier League's Queensland in the context of the finals. It sure is. Fourth in the Olympics, you're absolutely right, just out of the medals, and fifth in the league, just out of the finals. So to summarise briefly, City needed a win at Perry Park to have any chance of making the final four especially as Redlands got themselves a 3-0 win against the Raw Youth the night before. You were at that game on Friday night, Simon. Were Redlands confident of making it through? Oh, look, they did what they needed to do against the Raw Youth. Uh, This wasn't a Redlands side that I thought were at their fluid best on Friday night, but to be honest, they did what was required with a plomb. 3-0, a comprehensive victory that, despite the lack of fluidity, really looked quite comfortable. Graham Fife scored two absolutely cracking goals for Redlands. Uh, he's such a good player. If the ball falls anywhere near him, he just delivers. Uh, after the game, one of his teammates joked that he never scores tap-ins, and it's just so true. Like Both fantastic finishes from outside the box, and he was the spark, really, that got Redlands over the line on Friday night and ultimately saw them make the finals. Well, with Redlands doing what they needed to, City had to take on the daunting task of the Premiers at Perry Park. Yeah, City have never come away with a point from Perry Park in the PlayStation 4 National Premier League's Queensland. It's a real bogey ground for them. But they looked really good in this game. Again, we talk about how good Brisbane City looked. Uh, Again, a very high-quality game of football. And it has been both times these sides have met in the league this year. Unfortunately, though, City just couldn't get the result they needed. Final score ending at one all. We have talked about that a lot this season, haven't we? How City looked good but didn't get the result they were hoping for. It, it's, you know, I guess the the real thing is that you need to score goals to win games. And City, as good as they looked and as well as they played, there weren't that many real clear-cut chances that the team really made that you really thought, oh, wow, that was a guilt-edged chance and should have been taken. And I guess that's part of the problem, and I, but it's something to work on. Look, if you're not creating the chances, and Cosy mentions this in his interview post-match, if you're not creating the chances, then you have a problem. City are creating the chances. That's the first step. The next is to start actually finishing these chances. Well, in that game, the strikers took the lead early. Yeah, they did. Like I said, it was pretty even, and City probably just edged the possession in a game which ebbed and flowed one way and the other. But strikers could honestly have been 3-0 up if it wasn't for Tim Allen. Around about the hour mark, Allen pulled off two absolute point-blank saves. You you just won't see better at any level. Uh, strikers play a one-on-one with him, and he just pulled off an arm and a leg from nowhere to, to stop the ball from going in. But unfortunately, between those two brilliant saves, there was another one-on-one chance for a City defence, and it was a bit of a... 
taped together City defence with the absence of Matthew Biggins, which is always going to be the case since since Biggins retired two years ago. Uh, but that one-on-one chance was converted and that gave the home side the lead, much to the delight of the strong home crowd. So devastation for City not being able to overcome their Perry Park hoodoo, but the strikers had also made a number of changes to their regular side. Did that rub it in just a little? Well, they did, but I think it just highlighted how strikers have got such a strong squad this year. It wasn't so much that you had new players coming in and they didn't know what they were doing. It was a pretty seamless transition. There was a little bit of rustiness early on. Once they got going, though, they really fitted into the system that Kevin Ahern Evans wants to play, and it, it was very seamless and still a very strong side. City got thrown a lifeline right at the end with a bit of a silly penalty given away by Sam Knight. Perhaps that was that rustiness coming in. Um, he fouled Kai Smith, who was absolutely brilliant at fullback again this week. Uh, Sam Sivituara scored his sixth of the season from the spot with 10 minutes to play. And then after that, City pushed forward with everything they could, um, just couldn't scrape the win. And unfortunately, that meant that their season was over. High stakes at the end for City. Was it frenetic and desperate? I, I wouldn't have said desperate. City still looked controlled and still were able to make chances without without losing their shape and without losing their composure. And that's something that I think, like, John Cosmine would have to be pleased with mm. as well. Like, uh, there's a saying that every minute of a football game, no, no minute is more important than any other. It can be the you can score a goal in any minute from one to 90. So the importance is not to start panicking when the clock mm. is perceiving to be running out of time. And I think City did that very well. They came ever so close as well. But it, it, it just wasn't to be. It was it was a cracking game of football. I have to remember this as well. City are the only team that the strikers haven't beaten at all this year. So I think that shows that City are a very strong side. And really, are strikers that much stronger than them? I don't think so. And neither does Gon Cosmina. All right. Well, let's hear from City coach John Cosmina right now, who spoke to you. But first, Steve Pittman. Okay, with me, I have John Cosmina, coach of Brisbane City. John, um, imagine your dressing room is a disappointed place right at the moment um, after you've just fallen short of the finals in a nail-biter. Any particular reasons you just couldn't get across the line today? Yeah, we don't score enough goals. We create enough opportunities, and it just comes with experience, I think. We need a little bit more composure in, in the right areas. Uh, we got into good areas, and sometimes our decision-making let us down. But that's been the story of our season. The last we've gone seven undefeated, and five of those have been draws. But they're games that we've been in positions to win it, and we haven't gone on with it. You know, Redlands last week, you know, we were dominant and caught what I thought was a fairly soft goal late in the game to equalise. And we're always going to push it uphill after that. We caught the softy up at um, Far North Queensland. We were leading and missed a couple of chances as well that could have put the game to rest long before they even had a sniff. Uh, and then. Townsville, what are they called? The Fury? Fury, yep. Fury yeah. Yeah, you're away. We had a nil-nil against them. We made about 8,000 chances and just didn't didn't take them. Uh, it was a bit similar here tonight in the first half too, wasn't it? I mean, Scott yeah. Colson got a couple of good crosses in and I think, uh, was it your number seven, uh, Nathan, Nathan Bird, Bird, right in front of goal. Yeah, he should have finished it. Made you a bit cranky by half-time, I'd imagine. No, what do you do? Look, I'd always look at, take the approach that if you're not making chances, you've got problems. If you make them, eventually that'll turn. And the guys learn from that, you know, blokes make a mistake in front of goal and they think next time I'm not going to make that same mistake. Yeah. Look, uh, from a distance it seems like your, your season this year, you've never quite managed to get the whole unit functioning. You, you're either, if you're scoring goals, you're conceding them as well and if you were, if you were um, 
not scoring goals. I'm getting myself confused here. No, I know what you're saying. Um, no, we had spells where we changed our shape a little bit. We did mix up the way that we played. And, um, we eventually got to where we wanted to be, which was playing a, a high-pressing, high-intensity game. Um, and we can do that. But, yeah, we'd, look, we've been fluent. Our football's good. It's been mm. con fairly consistent. We've only had one, I think, the first game against Morton Bay. We probably got beaten up. Um, we just weren't ready for it. Um, and then I think um, probably against the Olympic, when we had a postponed match, had to play it on a Tuesday night because of the weather. Um, and we weren't really tuned in, and that was a game that we lost, and we lost the second one. Our performance at the Sunshine Coast five days later wasn't real flash either. Um, you know, both of those games were winnable. At least a point out of each of those instead of nothing. And mm. We wouldn't be talking about next season, we'd be talking about next week. Is it maybe just a quality player or two short of a, of a genuine finals um, side? Yeah, look, you could say that. Um, you know, maybe we need to look at defending a little bit better at times. Uh, but I think with what we started with, where we were at the start of the season and where we are now, and, um, it's been a lot of progress. It's been good progress. And they're a good bunch of blokes, great bunch of guys, and I think they've all got potential. So, um, You mentioned conceding soft goals. That's been sort of a feature. Um, a couple of situations tonight, players managed to get through on goal. Is it just a case of, like you say, experience and learning from those mistakes and learning when to, when to dive in and make challenges? Yeah, look, we, we've still got to learn about dropping off defensively when you start to chase a game. And there was a bit of pressure on them tonight. You know, we mm. trying to bomb on a little bit too much. Sometimes you just need that bit of positional stuff. But we've, uh, or positional nous, but we... Um, We've had a few changes. I mean, Matty Biggins getting injured the other week. Bigsy was so comfortable at the back with King. It was a great partnership. No one could really break him down. And we probably lost a little bit. Take nothing away from Luke Pavler, who slotted in there, because Pav's a, a midfielder. Um, and he had to slot in as a right-sided stopper. And he's a left-footer. So, you know, Pav's done a great job for us. But, you know, when you had Bigsy out, and we've had, um, well, Antonio Murray didn't start the season well, and got worse as it went along, I think. I don't know if he was really committed, and I'll be frank about that, and I've said that to him. Um, but, look, as I've said before, we've got a great bunch of blokes, and the attitude within the group is good. And sometimes, and I said to him tonight, you've got to um, you earn your luck. And the efforts that they put in this season, if they approach things the same way next, they'll do pretty well. You mentioned the changes in the lineup, that stability. I mean, I guess every coach wants to have a back four that he can name the same every week almost. And I guess you, we haven't, City just haven't had that this year. Well, Bigsy, once Bigsy got injured, it, it changed things because um, we were fairly solid at the back. Um, you know, we do get opened up, but you, you're going to. Best teams in the world get opened up at times, and that's where your experience comes in. And you, you make saves like Timmy did tonight to keep us in the game, or you know someone will get a couple of crunching tackles in or decisive tackles, which we did tonight. Pav got a couple of great ones yeah. in. Um, you know, so look, it, I can't. I'm not complaining. It, um, I think when I've said to the boys, I think mean, you know, take nothing away from the strikers, but are they any better than us in terms of the performance tonight or the performance in round one or Redlands? Well, we outplayed Redlands. We beat them down there, and we outplayed them last week. As but Simon last week, said earlier, two softies. Uh, you're the only team we haven't beaten this year, so. So I think that says enough about how these guys are, how good they can be, or how good they are and how much better they can be.
Sometimes you need to, you know, it's a season, you could look at it and you say, you know, we've wasted opportunities, and we have, but you learn from that. Football's something that, you know, you can either take a short-term approach, uh, just buy a team and try and put it together, or you can try and build something, and that's what we've looked to do. Back bigger and stronger next year? I would like to say so. I'd like to think so, yeah. Thanks, John. Great insight there and plenty of optimism for next season. There really is. Cozzy's done a brilliant job when you think about it. I mentioned it earlier, but look at our centre-backs in that final game. Greg King, who's been absolutely fantastic as a centre-back this year. I mean, he was attacking midfielder last year for the strikers. Luke Pavlou, he's been in midfield all season, but he's had to force. he was forced to drop back after Matt Biggins retired. Look, for, and for a team who started the year without a recognised centre-back, City have done incredibly well. And I think next year's the only way is upwards for City. But like I said, I just don't think strikers are that much of a better side that they finished so with so many more points this season. If City cut out the, the little errors, the little sloppiness that I think probably will happen over the course of the off-season, then I think we've got a very bright future at the club. You really do get that impression. No doubt, a lot of disappointment to miss the finals so narrowly, yet a lot to look forward to for next season. Absolutely. And just the quality of the football that City have played all year, I think you're in for a treat if you get down to corporate travel management stadium over the next year. Like, really, really impressive football. And once the that impressive football gets converted into results. And look, we weren't far off this season. I think we would have been a real handful for anyone to face in the finals. It, it's, it's all to play for. And I think next year, as we have to look forward to now, I think it's going to be a great one. All right. Kevin Ahern Evans sent one of his young lads up to chat with you both after the final whistle and the celebrations. Luke Marsh with Steve Pittman and yourself. OK, with me I have Luke Marsh uh, from Brisbane Strikers who... Um Luke, you played your first game in, in quite some time tonight and you've held a, a desperate team to a draw uh, with a very much reshaped team. So you're happy with the way the boys played considering you had about five or six uh, new starters tonight? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was a good... boys came together when we didn't really have our full starting spot, which was good. City came out and gave it all pretty much. That's what they had to do and I think we battled quite well. Kept them to a one-all draw, which was pretty good. I probably should have scored to get us the win, but yeah. one draw is not bad. Tim Allen made a couple of absolutely amazing absolutely. saves to keep City in it, didn't he? Yeah, he was awesome. He did two or three world-class saves, so good on him. You finished the season as Premier, so how would you describe the feeling within the unit at the moment? Joy, relief, or, or oh, what? It's incredible. It's, it's the first time I've won a Premiership, and it's yeah, everything that you expect and more. Um, the boys are more than more than happy and but we're still focused we still want to go reverse Melbourne City and do a job there and continue on into the final so although we're happy and yeah happy with the result we want to keep going and keep going forward so as you've uh, you've said on to two massive games now um, how's it going to be as a player looking forward to those two games and, and maybe having to get up uh, you know after a a tough game against an A-League side to come out and play a semi-final as well on the weekend. Uh, it's a, it'll be a challenge, it'll be good. Um, I think we'll step up and do our best. We'll, um, yeah, it'll be an experience where we're looking forward to it and I know we'll all step up and do a job and we'll come out hopefully on top. 
and you've probably got Redlands in the uh, the, the semi-final, having played them twice uh, this year, lost one and won one. Uh, what's your feeling about about that opposition? Um, uh, Redlands have played quite well all year. Um, yeah, we've lost to them first first round, and then we've come and beat them in the second round. Um, they're they're a quality side, and we'll, we'll do our best to try and get over them. But we'll um, yeah, we'll see how we go. But hopefully, take the win. Um, Kevin made a lot of changes from um, the usual starting lineup. Did as a player who came into the lineup, did you feel a lot of pressure to maintain the momentum? Because uh, as um, we've already discussed, a lot of key games coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, how important is it to maintain that momentum? Uh, it's very important. We there, there wasn't much pressure. We we knew we had won the league, but we had standards in ourselves. So everyone who steps on the pitch has to do a job and. I think tonight everyone that did come on did, did a job, even the boys coming off the bench tonight who don't normally come on um, did a job and yeah, we were really happy and we're looking after the, the boys that didn't play tonight, we need them to step up and do a job for the bigger games because they're the bigger players obviously and yeah, we'll, uh, they'll do a job. That's um, three... Um, it's two games you've played against City and you haven't beaten them. It's probably the only <laughs> side you could say that against yeah, this yeah. season. Um, how tough was that? A lot of limping, limping bodies are still yeah, um, accepting your medals. Um, lots of changes as well. Um, made all three changes before 60 minutes. Yeah. Was it an attritional game? Or had City been one of the tougher oppositions this year? Um, I played in the first game against them at City and that was a, they were a tough team. They... they came out and wanted to do a job tonight. It was a little bit different. We they had a few younger boys and we had a few younger boys. It wasn't it was it was a very tough game and they, they came out and obviously needed to win so it was tough but this game was a, it was different. It wasn't the city that we versed in the first round. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good game all round. Uh, conditions are very heavy under football mm -hmm. tonight too. That that have an influence on how the, the football panned out, do you think? Um, a little bit, I think in the middle of the park it was, it made a little bit of a difference, but we, every, we both had to play in the same condition, so it was, it, yeah, it, it affected it a little bit, but we tried our best and I think we did alright, everyone did okay. Thanks very much, Luke. Right, thank you. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, that was just after they were presented with the Premiership Trophy and the associated celebrations with that. Strikers, of course, now look forward to the Westfield FFA Cup tie on Wednesday night against Hyundai A-League side Melbourne City and added Tim Cahill, who has been confirmed to start mm. on Wednesday. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a massive game for the Strikers. You'll be there, no doubt. I will, along with an expected 5,000 sellout. So it's going to be a great night for football in Queensland. And let's hope we get another giant killing from a PlayStation 4 National Premier League's Queensland side yeah. against an A-League team. Another one. Well, speaking of giant killers, Redlands United are travelling to the nation's capital to face Canberra Olympic and then will return home to take on the Strikers in round one of the finals. What a period for the Redlands United club. Incredible period. I mean, the amount of success that that club's had this season to sneak into the finals, I say sneak, you know, I think all the clubs who were in and around were worthy finalists, but mm. to get in, to, to break their way into that final four on the last day of the season, uh, it's got to be a big, big moment for them. And yeah, 
just just so much happening for Redlands, and it's almost a shame that they're playing away because they've got a really good crowd wherever they played in this round of round of sixteen. In what is a very very winnable game, I don't think Canberra Olympic should hold too many fears for Redlands. I think they're more than capable of winning that game and and making their way into the quarterfinals. And that game against Canberra could just give them so much confidence taking to the finals. So they're a confident side anyway right now, everything that they've achieved over the last few weeks. But a win down in Canberra, come back for the first week in the finals. What a, what a roller coaster. What momentum for Redlands. Absolutely. They, of course, got into the final thanks to Olympic, who actually let the occasion get the better of them against Western Pride. They fell to a 3-2 defeat which meant that they missed out on the finals for the first time in the PlayStation 4 National Premier's Queensland history, which I hadn't realised until until this weekend. What? You didn't know that? I, I it, it slipped my attention, if I no, can say you're, that. Which... You're not a local. I, I, I'll let you off. <laughs> I know, but for a stats man, it really hurt me when I saw that <laughs> stat written, written down. But yeah, um, in the other matches of note, Gold Coast actually pipped the Heat for third spot because they gave the Sunny Coast an absolute thumping up in Kiwana 5-2 and the Heat suffered an absolute shock loss to the Thunder in Cairns. So positions all got reversed. Strikers finishing on top. Gold Coast sneaking into second place and I think Gold Coast have been a very strong side all season so that's well deserved. The Heat, who looked for so long throughout the season that they would finish top, dropping down to third, followed by Redlands in fourth. Wow, it's three of the top four positions changing in the final round. Incredible, isn't it? It just shows yeah, how tight and how competitive this league is. All right, well, let's have a very quick look ahead to the finals. How do they shape up? Well, that first semi-final will actually take place at Barlow Park in Cairns between the Gold Coast City and the final of Queensland Heat at 6.30pm. Hang on, how come the Gold Coast have to travel to Cairns? Well, due to a recent inspection at Duncan McKenna Field, uh, it just showed that the pitch is just not suitable. It's just not adequate for finals football. Um, so it was actually agreed beforehand that it was going to take place if the Gold Coast managed to secure a home final, then the game was just going to have to take place at the home of the other finalist, um, regardless oh, wow. of the finishing so position. So they lose a home ground final. Well, they wanted to take it to the other finalist's ground so that they'd get the maximum number of spectators there. Very little point having the Gold Coast and final of Queensland Heat playing a game in Brisbane where really there'll probably be a lack of interest. Uh, but yeah, it's a big, big loss for the Gold Coast. And you'd have to say that the final of Queensland Heat have really been thrown a lifeline after a really different run of form leading into the finals to get that home ground advantage. Yeah, absolutely. They have, haven't they? Yeah, it's it's controversial, let's put it that way. But I think anybody who's seen that that field down down on the Gold Coast at Duncan McKenna Field knows you just can't play football in it at the moment. It's it's. Frankly, it's a disgrace for the way the pitch is. So, look. Yeah, I've heard about that pitch, and it's, it probably makes a lot of sense, uh, and, and it absolutely makes sense to take it to Cairns rather than play it ever anywhere else. I mean, why would you? They're the two sides that are in the team. It's just a shame for the Gold Coast players who have absolutely no impact on the way that the ground's prepared for them to lose their home final, the, the one that they've earned so late in the season. Absolutely, and you know it can it really halts the momentum, doesn't it? Having said that, Gold Coast have just been the hardest team to beat in the league all year. I I think with the momentum that they've got and the like I said, the real indifferent run of form that Far North Queensland have been through at the moment, I don't think I don't think the venue is going to matter. I still I'd still back Gold Coast to get through to the final, which will take place at Perry Park on Saturday, the third of September. The winner of the 
Brisbane Strikers and Redlands United, which will also take place at Perry Park on the Sunday, will go through to face them. So Strikers could have a home final as well. All right. Thanks for that, Simon. Football Queensland have announced that an under-23 select side from the PlayStation 4 National Premier League's Queensland will take on the Brisbane Roar at CUSAC on September 24. Hopefully, some of Brisbane City players will be selected as a reward for their efforts this year. Further details will be available in the coming days on the website and social media, so keep an eye on that. Simon, that's all we've got time for, and I'm guessing, given this is the end of City's season, this is the end of the podcast for 2016. I, I think so, Dave. Yes, it's been it's been a fun journey. <laughs> um, it has. Been. I was yeah, hoping like, we might go for a couple more weeks yet. I I was certainly hoping that we'd be able to crown off this first season of the podcast with a with hopefully a grand final appearance and then onwards into the national rounds. But no, it wasn't to be. We'll have to regroup and back the team to the finals next year. Yes, we sure will. What a shame, but it has been a pleasure doing this together with you, Simon, this year. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Thanks to everyone for listening to this, the first season of the Forza City podcast. We'll see you next season. Bye for now. Bye-bye.